Welcome to Burgess Power Hour. We are going to be playing together tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this. It is Essence of Relationships, and it is all about ourself, others, and beyond. So we have relationships that going on about ourselves and about others and beyond, and we just finished our Essence of Relationship module in our Conscious Leadership Academy. We just finished our one-day experience, so I figured we would round it out with our power hour about relationships, and uh, based on how many people are on the call, people are going to be listening. It's a relevant topic that we all want to know about, so thank you all for joining me tonight, and uh, thank you for those of you who are listening on the replay. If you have read Registered, you will get a copy of this. You'll get a, a recording. So um, certainly um, go back and listen to it if you missed some of the things. And also uh, those of you who are on the recording and those of you who are driving or whatever you're doing now, make sure that you you know me. If you've done this before, I love experiential stuff. So get your pen and paper ready. Get something to write with because while you're driving, Pardon me? Well, if you're not, in other words, if you're driving, go back and listen to the recording so that you can do this later. (laughs) You don't want to be writing things down while you're driving. Okay. So a lot of times people are listening while they're driving. So um, I'm just saying if you are somewhere where you can get a pen and paper, do please. I heard a lot of... uh, names and places that are near and dear to my heart and thank you all for joining me tonight and I know that you have other things you could be doing but we're going to play together and learn together and I look forward to seeing you all in person at our next experience that we have. So I'm going to go ahead and unmute everybody so that way we don't hear other people's background noise. However, you can unmute yourself and all you have to do is hit star six. So if you want to talk, which of course you know I'm going to ask you to share, you just hit star six and that will unmute you. So I've muted everybody so that we don't have a lot of background noise. But again, all you have to do if you have a question or a comment or an aha or a share during this hour, uh, all you have to do is hit star six. Okay, so those of you who have just done our Essence of Relationships, um, this is going to be fun for you because some of it's review, but it's also going to be some new things. Those of you who are in our Conscious Leadership Academy, uh, definitely go to essenceofbeing.com slash CLA, which is Conscious Leadership Academy. Check it out, see what's involved in that. But those of you who are already helping us build this global movement of conscious leaders empowering others to create a win-win world, get ready because this is really all about how to create better relationships with our business, with ourselves, with each other, with romance, with our connection to the universe. So there are three types of relationships, okay? And it is about basically relationships with ourselves, relationships with other people, and those other people can be love relationships or family or business or friends. And then there's the relationship that we have to the universe or what I want to call the planet as well. So you can call the your connection to spirit or God or universe or great spirit or source or energy, whatever you want to call that other part of us that we are connected to, but it's also about having a relationship with all beings, right, and and on the planet. So what we're going to focus on tonight is more so of how to communicate, but also how to have better relationships with other people, specifically, not just love relationships, but a lot of it is about family, A lot of it is about uh, friends, and you can identify this and use some of these tools I'm going to give you at the end of the call for your business relationships and those types of things, but this is really about finding out that subconscious thought, that bubble talk, and those of you who have listened to me before or have been to any of our Essence of Being workshops, you know about bubble talk. It's that subconscious thought that keeps you from getting what you want. 
It's like a little bubble above your head in a cartoon character. And those are the things that are your subconscious thoughts. Now, your subconscious or your unconscious thoughts may not be aligned. And I'm really excited because I know we have some of our UK people on the call tonight. So, hello, hello, all, all of you out there and our Hawaii people out there. So, you can have bubble talk in England, too, you know, and you can have bubble talk uh, all over the place. So wherever where I travel around the world and teach this stuff, everybody has some kind of subconscious thought or unconscious thought that could be blocking them from actually living their most magnificent life with money, with relationships, with purpose, with being happy, okay? So it's sort of like... Our gas and our brake, when you're driving around with your gas, your gas is your desire, your gas is your conscious thought. And you say, you know, I want to have a great relationship. I want to, I want to just be happy and be in love or have loving, conscious relationships with people. And that's a conscious thought, right? So that's great. And that's your gas. Now your brake is the subconscious thought or the unconscious thought that could be blocking that from happening, okay? And that that break or the resistance to actually having what you want in your life or keeping what you what you've had or having more of what you want, that ga- that break is your resistance and that is something that we really want to focus on and let go of because everybody knows how to let go of their gas. Everybody knows how to let go of their desire. You know how to let go of that. You settle. You say, oh, well, I'll just stick with this person or I'll just love myself this much or, you know, maybe next time in another lifetime I'll, you know, go after my dream, whatever that is. So we know how to settle. We know how to let go of that of that gas. But what happens is when we're driving around with our gas and our brake on at the same time, wanting something or choosing something in our life and then having some kind of block where it just doesn't quite happen as fast as we'd like or as often as we'd like or ever, <laughs> and or we almost get there and then we lose it, is it, basically we spin our wheels. Our brake and our gas on at the same time goes nowhere. So again, my goal and my intention for all the work that we do with Essence of Being throughout all of these 26 years we've been doing it, 38 years with transformation I've been involved in, is letting go of the break, letting go of the resistance, giving you tools so that you can really not settle to really have what you want in your life, especially around loving yourself having your loving relationships with other people, and allowing yourself to connect to the great spirit, God, universe, even if you don't believe in that, okay? So whatever you want to call it. Now, many people, let me give you an example, want a conscious relationship. So, okay, they want to have a love relationship. So what do you do? Consciously, you go on dates, you go on the Internet, you start going on a dating service, or maybe you're already in a relationship and you just want to improve on the one you have. So what do you do? You consciously say, okay, I'm going to go to counseling or I'm going to go take essence of relationships with, with Burge. Or you do something consciously, okay? Now that's something that you're working toward and you're saying that's what I choose to have. But your subconscious or your bubble talk could be saying to yourself, I'm not good enough to have one or I'm not good enough to keep it if I do have it, or the relationship I'm in is not good enough, or you may learn, you know what, Um, I'm going to get hurt. That could be a subconscious belief. If I let love in, I'm going to get hurt, or I'm going to get betrayed, or I just feel unwanted, or maybe you have a subconscious thought that something's wrong with me, and maybe that's why people just don't stick around either in business or personally. So those are subconscious beliefs. In other words, they're thoughts that you have. You don't wake up every morning and say, I'm going to go get hurt today. You don't do that. It's just the vibration of that subconscious thought is out there. See, we don't know. Our brain doesn't know the difference 
between our subconscious and our conscious thoughts. In other words, the brain science has proven now, thank goodness, that the synapses in our brain, it fires exactly the same if we think about it or if we see it. So it doesn't know the difference. And they've also proven with quantum physics, there are 40,000 more subconscious thoughts a day than your one conscious thought. That's pretty intense, right? So we're going to go and find out some of your bubble talk around relationships and what we do with that, with our our evidence. We have evidence in our life about all those things are true. You know, we, we, we say, hey, we accumulate all the evidence throughout our lives proving that we're right. For instance, let's say that you break up with a partner, okay, and that ends in heartbreak, or something happens where you just it, the relationship ends. So you could feel you have these emotions and you feel unwanted, or maybe you just feel mistrust. You know, there's a lot of trust that happened. Somebody broke trust, or maybe you just feel unlovable. So these feelings do form beliefs. So when you have these feelings of sadness and upset and feeling like I just did it wrong or what's wrong with me, it does form a belief. And a belief could be, say, maybe you formed a belief that you can't trust men or you can't trust women. Or maybe the belief is that relationships hurt or they're too hard. Or maybe I'm unlovable. So these are some of the negative beliefs that can stick with us and we start looking for evidence and accumulating that through every single relationship we have. So we put up these shields, okay, to protect ourselves. And, and many of us walk around with, these, with a wounded kind of haze, you know, everywhere we go. Because these belief systems are formed and they're embedded in our consciousness. So no matter how much we think we want to make it better, let's say we get into an intimate relationship with somebody and these things come up. We get scared because of our past experiences, because of our beliefs that are blocking us from really experiencing that person. We end up projecting all these other long you know, project all this stuff in the past onto the new person. So it's the same relationship, different face. So let's go ahead and do some stream of consciousness writing. And what that means is I want you just to, if you can, uh, write these things down. First things that come up, don't think about it, don't edit it. I'm going to ask you several statements and several questions, and you just kind of write down the first thing that comes up, and don't think about it too long. And I want you to think about it as if you were a little boy or a little girl, So, cause, because all of these beliefs are formed, by the way, before age seven. Isn't that crazy? So all this stuff comes from the past, and we carry these beliefs into all of our relationships with us until we rethink or rebelieve or shift our bubble talk, okay? So we're going to match all of our new relationships to fit our bubble talk. So let's go in and find out what some of it is for you today, okay? It's going to be fun, I promise. So the first one is, what did you learn about relationships in school? What did you learn about relationships in school? In other words, did you feel like you fit in? Were you an outcast? Were you bullied? Were you a loner? Just jot down the first thing. Were you popular? For instance, for me, I had to learn to be funny so I would be liked. So that's what I learned in school. If I make people laugh, I'll be liked.
The second thing to write down is from religion. What did I learn about relationships with my religion? Like my, however you were raised when you were little, what did you learn about relationships? Were you judged for who you are? Were you accepted by any kind of spiritual authority? Did you, what was the experience you had? What did you learn? I have a question. Sure. This is, this is all supposed to be before you're sick, right? Well, you want to think about it first thing that comes up, first of all, and then if you can think about it coming from a place of when you were little. You know, what was the first thing you can think of about what you learned? Because I have no recollection of religion when I was young. Okay. You know? Well, whatever whatever comes up now is fine. Okay. Thank you. How do I say uh, goodbye? Pardon me? How do I tune out? Oh, hit star six again. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Good question. And what happens when we do these stream of consciousness writing, it does really come out uh, that you don't really need to be thinking about it too hard as far as where it's coming from or what age, but just write down the first things that you can think of. The third one is from your culture. How did men treat women and how did women treat men? And how did men treat men? And how did women treat men? In other words, how do women treat women? From your culture standpoint, what did you learn? I know in certain certain cultures, uh, it's okay to have mistresses. But it's not okay to have women have other partners. So there's a lot of cultural things that people learn. And the fourth thing, just jot down the first thing that comes up. I want you to finish this sentence. In a relationship, women are supposed to what? Write down the first thing. And then the last one, not the last one, next to last. In a relationship, men are supposed to what? So these are expectations that we have, that we've learned. What are they supposed to do? Or what are they supposed to be like? Based on our past. And then the last thing I want you to write down is, what did you learn from your parents or your family around relationships? In other words, were you raised, even with your extended family, were you raised uh, with divorce? Or did your parents have an unhappy marriage? Or were they silent? Or were you raised as a, you know, with a single parent? Or did you have abuse or neglect? or mistrust, or unhealthy communications? What were you raised in? What kind of environment? So... Finish up on the one you're on and just kind of notice, are there any patterns here? Notice if certain things keep popping up. 
Because what happens is we start taking on these beliefs, okay? We start taking on these thoughts that we're taught. And we repeat them. We repeat these over and over and over and over again because just like our genes are handed down, so are beliefs. So things from our past with school and religion and culture and mom and dad and men and women, how we were raised, we take those on subconsciously until we identify them and then we can shift it. But we do repeat it. We can repeat these patterns. So just notice Because wherever you go, there you are. Because a lot of us try to say, okay, let me get rid of this person, okay? Let me get rid of this deal. Let me get rid of this business person. Let me get rid of this love person, and I'll go to the next thing. Or you might ask yourself, hey, why, why do men or women always leave me? Or why am I always getting betrayed? It's not me. And yet... You're the common denominator. If you see a pattern here or if you can identify any patterns in here, this is great because that means you can notice and see, oh, I try to run away from all these patterns and all these things, but you know what? I can't run away from me. You're the common denominator. And if you don't change your belief around you and around all of these things, if you don't change your bubble talk, you're going to keep attracting the same thing over and over and over again. You're going to attract people to you who fit your pattern. Same person, different face. Because that's what I always say, you know what, if you really want to learn something about yourself, um, go go get into a relationship. Because if you really want to grow and learn things, get into a relationship or, or have a kid. That's another relationship, right? They're very significant relationships that we can have as an adult. And the reason I say that is because when there's a lot of love present, everything unlike love comes up for the purpose of healing. So I'm going to say that again. The reason I say this, when there's a lot of love present, when you have these really connected relationships, everything unlike love comes up so that you can look at it for the purpose of healing. And you have a choice. You can either heal it or not. You can either look at it or not. But you can't run away from it. It's going to keep showing up. Everything that seems to come up when you're in a relationship that can really push your buttons, it comes up for a reason. It does that on purpose so that you have an opportunity to heal it for yourself. I mean, I've said to people that, are, uh, that, I, do, that I have relationships with, my husband and business and everywhere else, hey, if you want to get into a relationship with me, hold on because you're going to be in a workshop. <laughs> You know, anything that comes up, we might as well go ahead and deal with it with each other because we're going to keep recreating it in other relationships until we actually heal it for ourselves or move through whatever the block is or complete whatever that is with our parents or our past. I have a comment. Yes. Yep. I what you're saying makes lots of sense if you have learned to be that strong and to know yourself enough to do it. Otherwise, you just think the relationship messed up because you're terrible. Exactly. And that's what I'm that's why I'm saying if you can identify what your bubble talk is and just understand when you have it come up and you start beating yourself up, which I'm going to get to in a minute, a lot of us do that. We go into that shame and that guilt and you know, it must be me and all of those things and we don't we become a victim, we don't know how to deal with it. So no, I'm going to give 
saying everybody does this. Just Pardon me? the ones who've learned. I thought you were saying everybody does this. No, just the ones who have learned the right way to do it. Oh, am I saying that everybody does? I'm saying all of us have bubble talk. All of us have subconscious beliefs that sometimes may not be serving us the way we'd like. And so, right, but not everybody knows that. Correct. Of course. That's why we're having this call. Right, right, of course. No, 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 of course. It's unconscious. It's subconscious. You don't wake up every morning saying, hey, I'm going to have a terrible relationship. You don't want to attract somebody to me to beat me up and to leave me. No, it's very subconscious and it's very unconscious. And so my, what we do in all of the workshops that we do with Essence of Being and all of the other workshops that I do with people is really getting to that belief system and that subconscious. So you can really change it because if you don't know, it's hard to change it, right? Okay, I misunderstood what you said in the beginning, but now I get it. Okay, Thank great. You. Thank you. Perfect. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, awesome. So stay tuned. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get there on how to shift it. Okay. All right. I'm loving it. So here's what happens. We have our relationships with our parents as our very first, uh, they raise us, right, or our caregivers. And so they're, that's that's what we learn from a lot because that's all that we know is people that were around these big people. So the other thing I want to say, though, is about these relationships in general is oftentimes, now again, this is subconscious. We don't know we're doing this. We attack what does not satisfy us to avoid seeing that we created it. We attack what does not satisfy us to avoid seeing that we created it. Now, this this is only if you believe or if you're willing to believe that perhaps thought creates reality, that our thoughts actually create, and with quantum physics, they've actually proven that now, thank goodness, that what we think, our thoughts have these vibrations, and our vibrations go out, and they vibrate, and they hit somewhere, and so we co-create a lot of our, well, all of our, my belief is, we co-create all of our experiences. Now, we either do it subconsciously or consciously. And remember, our subconscious thoughts, we have 40,000 more of those per one conscious thought. So that's why it's so critical in my mind to really understand what is really going on in there, what is really our bubble talk, so that you can shift that subconscious. And everything on the outside shifts after that. So a lot of times we like to attack that other person for whatever reason. Whatever we we don't like about that person. We have we avoid seeing that we created it by attacking them. So what I mean by creating it is on some level, on some some subconscious level, some unconscious level, some kind of vibration, we have the ability to shift it. So what what happens with this whole line of thinking, though, is a lot of people, they say, yeah, I created that. I, you know, I do affirmations, and yay, that was me. I created that. So I did my affirmations, and everything came out great. And they take credit for it when it's all going good. But if it's something that they don't want, then sometimes it's really difficult for us to really look at it and say, you know what, uh, I kind of co-created that for some reason. And I'm going to figure out why so I can shift it and not allow that again. This is a very high concept of thought creates reality. So let me give you an example of a pattern that you may have found. Because here's the solution. You, you really got to complete the past, okay? The solution to all of this is understanding what is your subconscious, what are you vibrating, what thoughts are going out there, what serves you and what doesn't serve you. If it's working for you, that's great. If it's not working for you, then you might want to take a look and a little peek as to what's going on under the hood. So... Let me give you an example of a pattern that you may have found. Let's say that maybe maybe you found a pattern that you have a little bit of um, guilt about things or that you have some self-hate, some 
things that you just don't like about yourself, there can be a tendency to beat yourself up. And a lot of times we might beat ourselves up by using one of the following. You could use your body or your sex life or your career or you use each other to beat yourself up or your finances or whatever you use to beat yourself up, you can use any of those. In other words, there's a tendency to mess up one or all of your relationships to punish yourself for something. So this guilt or self-hate or upset that we have or shame, it can really just penetrate and it, it just radiates out of us. And remember, when you do that, guilt demands punishment. And those of you who've taken our essence of being classes and all the things that we do together, you know, I'm just reminding you, that when you're vibrating guilt, it demands punishment. So you're either going to self-sabotage yourself or you're going to attract somebody to you to punish you. You could be thinking that you're bad because you just can't get it right. You know, here's some here's a very very deep 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 feeling of guilt. Some people believe that they're bad because they cause their mother pain at birth. I mean, it could go that far back. Or the guilt could be due to something else, you know, that you did that you felt was wrong. And I'll tell you something, children often blame themselves for their parents' divorces. Or when a parent leaves for whatever reason or death or whatever, they blame themselves. This is all subconscious. You don't think about it. And so you you could have this beating yourself up, this guilt thing that's riding in every single one of your relationships. So another way of beating yourself up could be not letting yourself have what you really deserve. A most common way is to ruin your body somehow with pain or disease, not, not receiving your good. So you could be just, your belief is, Mom, yeah, I'm a bad person. Then what's going to happen is you attract someone to you that will prove that to you. You'll attract someone who fits your pattern. So let me give you another example. For instance, if you have a pattern that men leave me, let's say that a lot of men have left you or a lot of women have left you, or you leave before they can leave you, then you're going to attract people to you to leave you because that's your pattern. Again, this is all about subconscious and that your thoughts create this, okay, that they co-create. So it's a pattern. Just look. Look and see if there's patterns and see if any of those fit because you'll find much greater contentment in your life if you can clear out these old patterns because that's all they are. Then instead of attracting somebody who fits your patterns from your old patterns, you can attract someone in harmony with your highest spiritual thoughts, which the truth for me is is that you're perfect just the way you are and you're innocent. And that's the opposite of guilt, is innocence. Now, let me give you two examples of the kind of relationships that you can have in business or personally, whatever. There's the egocentric cycle and again those of you who took the essence of relationships and are in our conscious leadership academy hopefully you'll know what this is there's the egocentrism cycle so just kind of notice and identify is this where you live in a lot of your relationships and let me explain it there's three parts to it and this is uh, one of this model is given to me from my friend Melody Brooke So there's the victim, there's the self-protector, and there's the rescuer. So that is the cycle of egocentrism where in a relationship, any kind of relationship, you go back and forth between victim, self-protect, and rescue. So just listen to these different definitions of this and see how you show up. Maybe you show up like this in certain relationships. So the victim 
struggles to figure out how to survive, and they see no way out. They feel stuck with the feelings of helplessness, despair, shame, fear, hopelessness. And the victim is really one of intense self-hatred or just full of guilt or shame or self-criticism. They criticize themselves. Therefore, they can't take any action to get out of it. That's a victim. There's no way out. Now, a self-protector must avoid being a victim by gaining power over the situation. Okay, So if you're a self-protector, you try to avoid being that victim and you gain power in one of two ways. You either attack in the relationship, you either attack them, belittle them, intimidate them, and think of a blowfish, right? You just puff out. So they want others to feel intimidated so that they will feel safe. Because as self-protectors, they feel fearful and angry. So they use anger to frighten others so they will not fear attack. So just think about people that you're in a relationship with. Do they do that or do you do that? The other method of being a self-protector is to withdraw and isolate. So we physically or emotionally shut down, and we shut others out. So we go and hide to keep ourselves safe because we don't want to get hurt. That's self-protecting. So one of those two ways is a self-protective part of being in this egocentric cycle. And the last one is the rescuer. So the rescuer needs to feel powerful. They want to take care of others in the relationship. They want to feel that they're in control. So they use taking care of people as a sense of control. Because underneath, they feel very small and ashamed of who they are, and they strive to keep others from seeing how bad they really think, you know, how bad they really are. How, how bad they think they are. So they have to be the good guy. Dun, dun, dun. They come in with their their cape and want to be the good guy so everybody will like them or everybody will think they're, you know, they're good people. Because underneath, down below, subconsciously, they feel ashamed and they feel defensive and often angry to cover these efforts to be a good person because they don't believe they really are. And so they don't allow others in, really. They don't allow those other people to have their own experience because they're trying to protect them and trying to take control over them to make themselves feel better. So in a relationship, you know, one of you can be a rescuer, a self-protector, a victim, and it can change. So we can move around the cycle. So in other words, when we're in a relationship, one of us is a victim, one of us is a rescuer, one of us could be a self-protector, and I'll, I'll give you an example, and then we'll move out of this cycle because it doesn't feel very good. Say, say you've got a man in a relationship, and he's normally a rescuer. Let's say that's, what he, he, that's his go-to way of being in a relationship. He rescues. So he feels like he has to rescue women. So he goes in to rescue the woman, now she's a victim. In order for him to rescue her, she has to play the victim. So if you've got a woman who thinks she's a victim, then she's going to either bring to her somebody who's going to rescue her or someone who is himself. She has to go into, you know, who's going to beat her up. She has to go into self-protect because nobody's going to rescue her. So she goes into, let me just go run and hide. So now I'm going to self-protect myself because nobody's rescuing me. It's really interesting how this all plays out in relationships. and it, gets, it can get very complicated, and yet it's simple. Bottom line is the middle of all of these different aspects is pain. Okay, So just notice where maybe you have played in relationships. Now let's go to a different cycle. That's called the egocentric cycle. This is called the next one, which I like to go into, is the compassionate cycle. So how do you, what does that mean? 
to be in a compassionate cycle of relationships. So how it works is instead of self-protecting yourself, you have empathy. Empathy is one of the facets, one of the aspects of a compassionate relationship, having empathy. That takes a place of self-protect. Empathy is when we communicate our understanding of the other person, of the other person's experience, because maybe we've experienced similar feelings. So it would basically, you'd put yourself in their shoes. You don't have to protect. And you can say something like, um, I know you must be frightened, or I, I can only imagine how you feel. I can only imagine that you wouldn't trust me after what you've been through. I know I didn't trust authority when I was young either. So being able to empathize with the other person is a very high-level, conscious way of being in a relationship. So empathy is a huge part of feeling, of being compassionate with anyone. And that takes the place of self-protect. Now, what takes the place of rescuer is respect. So instead of rescuing, you respect the person. And this is part of the compassion cycle. Respect is recognizing a person's autonomy and their authority in their own lives. Doing things, take over the responsibilities that belong to another person is not respectful. In other words, they don't, you're basically teaching them, if you take over all the responsibilities and rescue them all the time, you're saying to them in a subconscious way, you're not capable. You're not respecting their own autonomy and their own decisions, and you're not respecting yourself. So giving people the information they need to be able to achieve their goals and honoring their ability to do so, that's respectful. Doing it for them or doing something people can and should do for themselves, it undermines that. It undermines their own self-respect and it diminishes them. And then you forget about your boundaries so you don't respect yourself. You don't put yourself first. And then there are no boundaries there. So having respect is, is key in a compassionate relationship. And the third one that takes the place of victim is ownership. An ownership or responsibility. And what that means is ownership is acknowledging, okay, our power, our position, our impact. So, for example, I could take ownership and say to somebody, you know what, I know my presence here causes difficulty for you. I know when I ask you what happened, it could have felt like I was attacking you. So you're basically taking responsibility for knowing something and saying, you know what, this is my part. I know when I asked you that, I know it could have felt like I was attacking you, but that was not my intention. So instead of being a victim about it, which means you blame or you shame or you make excuses, basically you take responsibility of your part. You say, you know what, yep, I can see how that could have felt like attack to you. And you're taking ownership when you do that. And the middle of all of that is joy in a compassionate cycle. So this is a very <laughs> quick reference of egocentrism and compassionate cycles that you could have in relationships. And this can show up in business and personal and, but the cool part about all this is once you identify it and once you know, then you can do something about it. And that's basically taking responsibility for knowing. Then you can say, okay, I'm not going to blame 
my past anymore. I am not going to shame myself. I'm going to take responsibility and make a change about it. It's a very freeing feeling. So you don't have to project all that other stuff onto other people. So all those past experiences you've had, you can shift with you. You have the power to do it. You have the ability to shift everything in your life. You do. It's just a matter of becoming aware of what's going on in your bubble talk, in your subconscious mind, and you make it a conscious decision to shift it. And when those ugly little when they they rear their heads up and rear their heads up and you can kind of say, oh, God, there I am doing it again. I'm being a victim. Or there I am again blaming. You can stop. Now, let me give you some tools to help you do this. And before I do that, I just want to give... Um, if anybody wants to share anything or ask a question or a pattern that came up, let me, um, if you could share, you could just hit star six and that will unmute you and I can talk through something if you like and then I'm going to give you some tools that you can use to keep yourself in that compassionate relationship cycle. Hey, Birch. Yeah. Hi, this is Alicia. Hey. Hi. I just want to say that I've been around EOB for a while, but tonight I had an aha moment, and uh, it's one of those things where you don't get it the first, the second time. You get it the third time, you got it. (laughs) Okay, do share. You want to share what you got, or you just want to say that you got it? I would share that the victim, I didn't just paint a picture, my portrait of the victim. And oh. I go, ooh, that's ooh, ouch. Yeah, I saw that, or I see that. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, sometimes it takes some uh, repetition. And, yeah, even though you've done Essence of Being or you're in the Conscious Leadership Academy or whatever we've done together for, you know, it's the not getting it that takes the time because once you get it, once you when it clicks, then you're like, okay, now from now on, I get it. And you just let go of don't beat yourself up about not getting it because sometimes you have to hear it a lot of different ways and a lot of different times. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else want to share anything? And then I'll give you some tools. These are very big concepts, by the way, especially if you've never heard this stuff, okay? If you have heard it, hopefully it will deepen your understanding and allow yourself to really take responsibility and ownership of having empathy and respect and being able to Love yourself more and allow yourself to connect with people on a very intimate level. The into me see part. Hi, uh, this is Carol from Orlando. I just wanted to say that this is really resonating with a current situation that's going on where a, a close friend of mine has finally left her abusive husband. And, um, and I'm trying to be supportive in in her um I'm trying to be a supportive friend without getting too sucked into it mm-hmm. um and so I need to find that balance and um and just recently I was asking her some questions because I was trying to carefully consider how I might help but I also wanted to to um just get a sense of where she was going and how far, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but like if I could help, if I, if what I, what little bit I could do could help, then I'd be glad to do it. But if she's just so far from being able to, to, um, stand on her own in this situation that then, I would be throwing away, like, if if her rent, for example, if she's behind on her rent, 
a thousand dollars and I only have $200 to give her, that's a waste of $200 because she's not going to make it anyway. Um, well, let me, let me, it does. Let me share. Thank you for sharing that. There's a couple of things I want to say about that. One is the best way you can support, and I always, I always talk about support um, and change the framing of the word help because help implies they're helpless, right? So the part of uh, supporting them, people um, may or may not even know how to be supported, right? And you may not know how to support that person, but one of the best ways to do that is just have empathy. And the way you do that is you say things like this. You say, I can only imagine. I can only imagine what you're feeling right now. Or I can't even imagine what you're going through. Or maybe you can. Maybe you've had a, you know similar experiences. But empathizing with where she is and saying, I'm here for you whenever you're ready. And I'm here for you in whatever support you may need that I can give. Now, the thing about the money part, here's the thing, you, here's the thing in my belief around that, is that when you give someone something with the intention of support, allowing, and creating um, uh, a win for them, it's sort of like you're priming the pump. You're priming the pump for her. So when you give something, you're giving, and she receives it, that gives something back to you, yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's rewarding, and, and yes. I, I want to see her be successful and right. leave her abuser. I've wanted her to leave him for, you know, over 20 years. Um Okay, well, good. And she's so it's acknowledging that, yay, she's making this decision. And, of course, like I'm saying this whole hour, is that if she doesn't shift something within her, she could be, a, you know, she could, you know, really look at what's going on inside of her because she can't change other people. She can't change him. But what she can change is how she feels about herself. And if she feels mm-hmm. beat up about herself anyway, she's going to attract more uh, abuse and more um, the guiltier she feels about it or the, you know, the more fearful she becomes of it. It can really affect her in a lot of other relationships. So uh, going back to giving her money, um, it makes you feel good. So the giving and receiving is the same energy. When you give her that money, whether or not it's enough, it primes the pump. Two, twofold. One is she feels she can feel like uh, there's a win there, and maybe that will bring more. And the other part of it is you have a win because you're receiving a gift as well because you are doing something that you want to do that makes you feel good. And when she receives it, it makes you uh, it gives something back. So it's a really powerful lesson if she's open to. Um, receiving that. So I would highly, highly suggest um, that, first of all, if, if that's a decision she's making, and if any of you listening are making that kind of decision or if you've made it before, you know, there is something on the other side of this. And to really dig deep about um, allowing yourself to move through all of the guilt and the shame and the fear and all the things that come up around that kind of thing because it's scary it can be real scary about having it one way and now it's not so there's a lot of um uh things to move through and there's a lot of blocks to uncover okay so um if she's open to it, have her come to Essence of Being or have, her, or have definitely, it sounds like, you know, she's open to experiencing, finding out more about herself because that's the one thing you do have control over is what you think about yourself. So I'm going to say that to all of you on the call. Your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions, those are the only things that you really can take responsibility for. You cannot take control of anybody else's. Thanks, Burge. I appreciate that. Um, here's another dynamic that I was thinking of as we were writing the, you know, doing the uh, the writing. The first thing that came to our mind is when you said to go back to uh, our earliest remembrance of when we were children. And so I did write from that place, but um, that person back then is so different from who I am now that mm-hmm. I don't really. Um, Yeah, it's almost like I'm talking about somebody else because I have evaluated and and I mean, even our cultural things, you know, I 
suddenly, like in my in my early twenties, I and I'm 64 now, but in my early twenties, I started becoming aware and and thinking like, wow, that that's a cultural thing. I need to really think through where what's the real really the healthy place here um or how to you for doing that because i mean you're you're on your path and you you're uh, you'd be a really great friend for her because you've been through you've gone through your path and it's it's okay that you um are not that person anymore if you've left uh you've evolved into the uh more of a um enlightening enlightened relationship with yourself as opposed to entanglement right so yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I find that a lot of that is not, I, I um, really have a lot of the transition that's happened in my life has become from having a personal, very intimate relationship with God, mm-hmm. and um, he's the only one that can bring my, break into my subconscious, mm-hmm. um, like I was feeling very shameful and down on myself uh, for something I had done that I knew I should have known better and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Lord, I know you forgot, you've forgiven me, but I don't feel forgiven. I need you to do something to really make this register in me. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to him as I'm making a pot of chili and I go out to check my mail and there's a white rose on my mailbox. Oh, wow. And that, okay. that white rose was not only symbolic and I mean like you even get it but it's something that he had used repeatedly in my life over the years and and I knew instantly that was from him and none of my friends ever ever um you know like I was even if my girlfriend yeah even if my girlfriend would have put it on there I would have still seen it as from him but nobody even that I knew so some stranger (laughs) came up and put a white rose on my mailbox (laughs) well the most important part of this is that you're aware and you know okay and so you brought this to your awareness and therefore everything from this point on or from that point on you're able to really acknowledge and have appreciation for and that's part of the tools that I want to share with everyone here so I really appreciate you oh great uh, all right let's that. hear it so that's awesome <laughs> thank you so perfect so you've gone from the uh, what I call uh, entanglement kind of relationship to an enlightened one therefore there's a lot of things I can say about that but uh, one of the things that's really important for all of you I think let me give you I'm gonna give you four different uh, tools really quick that you can uh, have in your relationships to remind you of just becoming more and more aware. Um, and these affirmations are really about marrying yourself, right? I'm going to give you a couple affirmations that you can use and then give you some other tools. And the affirmations are, are you know, I, I joke, they're little lies you tell yourself until they become true, but um, that's a joke. So let me just, if you could... Love yourself enough that you are um, marrying yourself or if you're in a partner with yourself or you're loving yourself enough, then everything outside of that flows. And I know you've all heard that before, love yourself before you can love other people. Um, But here's a couple of affirmations. I am my perfect partner. I am my perfect partner. It is safe knowing me. I am the source of my happiness because I accept myself fully. I am the source of my happiness because I accept myself fully. And the last one I want to share is uh, my relationships support my commitment to myself. My relationships support my commitment to myself. And so another tool is 
in, if you're in a relationship with business or personal, do the mirroring exercise. Basically, you repeat the essence of what someone has said to you, and that really will get you out of trouble a lot of times. In other words, when someone says something to you, what you say back to them, you mirror it, and you say, what I heard you say was, and you say whatever it is that you felt like you heard them say. Often times when you're in a relationship of any sort, we filter and we interpret what that person says. So this will be very clear if you just ask the person, what I heard, or say to them, what I heard you say was, blah, blah, blah. And then they get to say, nope, that's not what I said, or yep, that's what I said, so that you can be clear and you're not making up things that can trigger people, okay? Another tool is open-ended questions. Asking questions that can be answered with a yes or no can put people on the defensive when you're in a relationship. So develop that skill of asking open-ended questions. It opens the communication. So you can say things like, what can you tell me about what happened? Instead of, did you do this or did you do that? Instead of saying, hey, do you have a good relationship with your mom? You can say, hey, what is your relationship with your mother like? So open-ended questions really are helpful in a relationship, any kind of relationship, so that you don't bring up triggers with each other. The law of appreciation is the other tool, and that's what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, is that you think of one thing about a person. If you're thinking, even if you're in a relationship right now and you're upset with that person or maybe you had a relationship before, just think about one thing about that person that you really appreciate. Pick one thing and just focus on that appreciation of what you loved about that person or what you really could uh, like about them or love about them, even if it's as small as he gets me a cup of coffee in the morning. And what's going to happen is the more you appreciate, the more you will attract exactly what you want. You will attract more appreciation because that is what you're sending out. Because if you're focusing on all of the things you don't like or don't want, and if you're focusing on things like I'm alone, then that's what you're going to get. If you're focusing on all the terrible things that you don't like about that person or have liked about them, that's exactly what you're going to keep attracting because you are vibrating there and you're focusing on it. Because remember, you know my motto, what you focus on expands. It gets bigger. Your reticular activator in your brain actually functions that way. It gets bigger. Things you start focusing on, you keep seeing more. So focus on appreciation. Focus on gratitude, even if it's just a little thing about a person. And one of two things will happen. Either they will rise to that level of vibration and appreciation, and you'll get it back. Or it'll go through that person and it'll ping and hit somewhere else and it will come back to you from another person. That either way, you get appreciated. And either way, you're raising your vibration into a more enlightened type of relationship as opposed to focusing on all the things that aren't working. And I know we're running over, but I want want to give you one more (laughs) tool is for me the truth is. So start every conversation, especially if you're going to get into an argument, if you know that there's uh, some contention there, start with, for me, the truth is. Start your conversation with that, and nobody can argue that, that it's not your truth. If you're afraid to really speak up in a relationship, then this is a great way to speak your truth and say, for me, the truth is. They may disagree with what you're saying, but they cannot disagree that it's not your truth. And the reason I bring that up is because our next module, 
that we're going to be working on with the Conscious Leadership Academy. Remember, go to essenceofbeing.com slash CLA, which stands for Conscious Leadership Academy. We're going to be doing our Essence of Communication. We're in our communication module starting next week. We're going to have our one day of Essence of Communication in June. June 22nd, if you go to essenceofbeing.com, you'll see all of the stuff, all of the times that you can come and play with us for real. We do things online with our Conscious Leadership Academy, and we do things also in person because we have, my belief is we need that connection with people. So we do a lot of live, in-person, experiential stuff. So join us uh, June 22nd for Essence of Communication. It's a one-day. And our next Essence of Being, which is the big three-day experience that encompasses all of this, if you, if you got anything out of this call, check it out. It's in July. It's our next one in Atlanta, July 19th through the 21st. And our next call we will have in June, our next power call is going to be June 19th. And guess what it's going to be about? That's right, communication, because that's what we're going to be in. And what I'm calling it is foot-in-mouth syndrome, how to be an effective communicator. I think that was funny. So I'm going to unmute us all here. Okay, I've unmuted everybody so that hopefully you got something out of tonight and you'll go out and have better relationships uh, with yourself and with others and with your connection to spirit. And I hope to see all of you at Essence of Communication in June. And check out the Conscious Leadership. Join us because it is something that's really powerful all around the world that we're doing together to create that win-win world. So without further ado... I'll see you guys later. So let's just say so long and thank you so I can hear everybody. Thanks, Burge. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Burge, thank you so much for doing this for free. You're welcome. (laughs) This is Harold from Dallas, Texas. Oh, hello, hello. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure, my purpose. Good night, Burge. Lots of hugs. Lots of hugs and good night to all of you. And uh, remember to look for the uh, emails you guys are going to get for the recording so you can listen to it again. Thank you. And come play with me. Thank you. Thank you all. Come play with me. It's my pleasure, my purpose, essence of being. Come play. Take care. Bye-bye.